Welcome to Slow Stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, the founder of Connected Editorial and the host and creator of this podcast. For those of you just joining in, Slow Stories is a series that deep dives into the rising slow content movement. In each of these episodes, I interview brand builders, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals who share what slow content means in the context of what they're building and why slowing down and creating thoughtful stories is more important than ever. Today's episode begins with an opening story from Avni Barman, who shares a poem that she stumbled upon that reminded her about the importance of art during this time. Here's more from Avni. My name is Avni Barman, and I'm the founder of Generation She, a nonprofit on a mission to close the gender gap in the leadership landscape by instilling ownership and entrepreneurial spirit in young women specifically Gen Zers. The truth is, as a young Gen Zer myself, you can often find me scrolling through Instagram, finding inspiration, researching other brands, getting the latest on current events, connecting with my friends, and even building my network. Once in a while, in the midst of all the overwhelming content, something will catch my eye that stops me in my tracks and forces me to reflect. The other day, one in particular really caught my eye, and so today I'm really excited to share that with you. A poem by We the Urban that I stumbled upon in my Instagram feed. It goes like this. As you binge watch your 10th Netflix series or read a book or sleep to music, remember that in the darkest days when everything stopped, you turned to artists. As we grapple with the challenges of being in a pandemic, often stuck at home with canceled plans, many of us have turned to an increased consumption of content like film, music, or literature to get through this time. These are all the works of great artists that we often take for granted, from videographers and graphic designers to producers and writers. It takes the collaboration of so many passionate, hardworking artists to create art that helps us get through the best and worst of times. This is especially relevant to us today as we are all trying to better understand how to exist and play a role in this new normal. I would love for all of us to take a moment right now to appreciate the incredible artists all around the world that work tirelessly to create this content for us. Often, these same artists are underpaid and undervalued, and worse, seen as non-essential. It is a work of artists that allow us to discover the untapped regions of our mind, get us through our darkest thoughts, enhance our happiest moments, transport us back in time, inspire our greatest ideas, cure our hearts, and feed our souls. To me, that work is universally priceless and definitely essential, especially during this time. I'm specifically grateful for artists at Generation Chi that have given our brand a voice and shaped the culture of our team and community. Thank you for allowing me to share this poem by We the Urban today and taking this moment with me to pause and appreciate the great work of artists and all that they have done for us. Thank you so much again to Avni for sharing. Again, the poem she mentioned can be found on the account We the Urban. Now here's my conversation with Nikita Mehta of Fable in Maine. How can rituals help you stay present? This is a question that drives the work of Nikita Mehta, a multi-hyphenate creative professional who has bridged the gap between time-honored rituals and modern life to drive more thoughtful ways of living today. 
Most notably, this approach has come to life through Fable and Main, a beauty brand co-founded by Nikita that goes to the root of ritual by bringing beauty secrets and wisdom from India for healthy hair that is wildly you. While Fable and Main's mission centers on one's hair, Nikita is driven by matters of the heart, as much of the brand's DNA stems from the root of her own familial experiences and childhood memories that have informed her thoughtful outlook on living, working, and creating in our digital age. With emphasis on the fable and fable in Maine, Nikita is a firm believer in the power of storytelling to spark imagination and bring us closer to the root of what matters most in life. And in this conversation, she spoke more about this and also shared what she's learned about the role fables can play in helping us make sense of the world, the importance of bringing more inclusive narratives to the beauty industry, and how slowing down has helped her personally, professionally, and creatively. Nikita shared so much wisdom in this conversation about family, fables, and everything in between. So without giving too much more away, here's my conversation with Nikita Mehta of Fable in Maine. My name's Nikita and I'm a co-founder of Fable in Maine, but first and foremost, I'd say I'm a 29-year-old girl and I just absolutely love life. I feel like my perspective of what, in fact, what I value and what I enjoy today has almost reassessed and like slowed down. You know, I love family. I love stillness. I love wellness. I love beauty. But most of all, I just love, I guess, those moments where you have to reconnect with yourself and just be still. So right now, travel obviously is not a possibility but when I'm in New York you know you can definitely find me in Whole Foods or Sephora or Barnes and Nobles picking up a book you know I'm an avid reader and just anything I feel that makes life more enjoyable I'm down for so that's what I enjoy and definitely what I value is growth through relations and through I guess now as a period especially in my life where I'm unlearning a lot of stuff that I thought I knew, constantly evolving and figuring out what it means to just be, like being in stillness. So that's what I really value in life. Um, I love creativity, definitely with Fable and Maine, and just generally through my being, I feel creating brings so much joy. And I think life is a play. And, you know, in India, there's this concept of Leela where it means divine play. And that's where I am right now, trying to enjoy life um, and participate in it without taking it too seriously. Oh, I love that. I think it's so critical too to get us through a time like this. And, you know, to your point about creativity and stories, obviously both of those things are so central to what you do with Fable and Maine, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes. But before we do, can you tell us about a story that made you slow down recently or one that re inspired your definition of ritual or play? Yeah, well, I mean, it was so funny. Last Sunday, I read this book. Um, it's called Oneness with Life, with All Life by Eckhart Tolle. And basically, it's, I re every sentence is so powerful. I had to like reread this section like 20 times. But I'll just read it out to you because it just reframed my entire perspective. And he said, why do anxiety, stress or negativity arise? Because you turned away from the present moment. And why did you do that? You thought something else was more important. You forgot your main purpose. 
One small error, one misperception creates a world of suffering. That for me, and I think that's also the foundation of Fable and Maine, is just being present with yourself and being can only happen when you go back to your roots. You know, with Fable and Maine, we talk about your hair roots, but on this dimension, it's also going within and taking care of what not yet has manifested and accepting things as they are. So storytelling and and yeah and obviously I can we'll we'll talk about fables I guess in a bit but definitely help me slow down and just reassess like the present moment because that's where life is yeah for sure and I think in this moment that we're all experiencing it's obviously important to stay within the moment but also kind of consider how we've lived and worked and created in the past so that we don't take some of these bad habits with us as we enter hopefully what is a new collective chapter But I think going back to what you were saying about roots, you know, for those who aren't as familiar with your personal story in terms of what motivated you to start Fable in Maine, I would love to have you share a little bit more about the intersection of your work in storytelling, wellness, film, and how all these experiences have informed Fable in Maine as we know it today. Yeah, definitely. So it's so funny because I feel it's all kind of linked, you know, beauty, wellness, what you put in your body, what you put out of it, and especially storytelling and looking back at how we invested in a a Netflix documentary, which you may have seen, The Game Changers, which is all about changing the way people think about plant-based food. And instead of making it, you know, negative or they're doing something wrong, it's just showing the alternatives and the benefits of it and focusing on the positives. And definitely... I feel with my personal journey, it's very authentic. So with Fable and Maine, the inspiration was simply my grandma used to massage our hair every Sunday. She'd come from India with these like incredible oils and it was story time, right? So it was a time that we'd get together. She'd massage my hair because with oil, because that helps like grow and make your hair beautiful and thick. But she'd tell me these fables about these animals that could speak in India and It was just such a, like, every time I came home from school, I'd look forward to that and always tell her, tell me what happens to the fox and the crow or tell me the next chapter. And it was just such a beautiful bonding time. And, you know, people love to know why you do something and what you do simply proves what you believe. So even with the game changers, I'm plant-based. Again, that's very authentic. I strongly believe in plant-based diets and the benefits that you can get from that and just when you're your healthy self in your mind in your body your skin will be healthy your hair will be healthy so it's so important to just go back to your roots and what better way to do that than to get an insight especially from another culture because we're trying to bring Indian wisdom to the west on our own culture than through stories yeah it's so lovely and you co-founded the company with your brother right Yes. So my brother, Akash Mehta, he's had a great journey in the corporate world. He was a global digital manager for Dior and um, Avida before that with Estee Lauder. And he definitely brings such an incredible balance. I'm more the creative one and he's definitely like business numbers, digital expertise. And it's really nice working in a family business as well. With your co-founders, you really need that trust and boundaries and respect. He's my brother, so I can tell him what I want but also it's like we have that inherent let's do this for our family let's do this for the planet we've been blessed that 
you know, I worked in family business before for eight years and celebrity fragrances, some of the most successful, you know, empowered, strong women from Naomi Campbell to Jennifer Lopez to Ariana Grande. And I really learned the importance of storytelling, but also I have definitely like a more family business mindset. My, my brother has a more corporate structured mindset and bringing that together, I feel really creates something unique and special. I can imagine I'm an only child. So whenever I speak to founder or creative duos, I can definitely sense that kinship that I think, or I would imagine informs so much of how a brand or a project's values are translated through stories. And I think, you know, getting to the fable side of fable and main, obviously fables have an inherently moral premise. And so when you kind of consider everything that's happening in the world today, what role do you think fables can play in helping us make sense of it, especially during this time? I mean, I love that question. I, I definitely think they're two things. Um, fables, just by the fact that they're kind of timeless and eternal in nature, just with their morals, that really helps because our external world's changing. And just for also for the pure fact of, you know, it, helps spark imagination and like this escape to nature um this almost you know magical realism point of view which I feel we all just need right now because we can't really travel and I'd love to be right now in the, in the Indian jungle <laughs> but it brings you closer to nature and connects with your roots right because that's what fables are but what I found fascinating when I started this journey three years ago fables actually came from India so Aesop's fables came from Panchatantra, the same tales, which was at least 5,000 years old. So it has all the fables that you see in Aesop, but many more. And even the Buddha, he loved to explain matters through parables and fables. So that's how it came to the West via oral traditions. And I think especially during this time, we all just want to hold on to something a bit timeless like golden nuggets of wisdom like I remember when my grandma was massaging my hair she was 72 and I was probably like 15 but it wasn't just me who was entertained like it brought a smile on her face because she was remembering what her mother told her as a child so having those like oral traditions and wisdom passed down through generations I think that's something priceless. And I think that's why, as children especially, it's such a great way to learn life lessons through a story. And I also think fables are so... What I find so fascinating about them is that it's not always a happy ending. It's a lot more real, right? So compared to like, you know, the Disney princess meets the prince and they live happily ever after, most fables like end with one of the animals dying or not working out, but it's just a lot more real. I feel you grasp, you know, life lessons and it gives you insight into like new cultures. So I don't know if you have a favorite fable. Do you have, do you have one? Honestly, I don't know if I do, but I would be curious to know if there is one that's resonating with you as of late or if there's one that you're now kind of returning to. Well, I love... I mean, I love the hair and the tortoise and like the classic ones, but I actually read another one, which is the scorpion and the turtle, which I can read it out if you're interested. Um, fables are really short. They're like three, four sentences. But a scorpion, being a very poor swimmer, asked a turtle to carry him on his back across the river. Are you crazy? exclaimed the turtle. You'll sting me while I'm swimming and I'll drown. 
My dear turtle, laughed the scorpion. If I were to sting you, you would drown and I would go down with you. Now where's the logic in that? You're right, cried the turtle. Hop on. The scorpion climbed aboard and halfway across the river gave the turtle a mighty sting. As they both sank to the bottom, the turtle residingly said, Do you mind if I ask you something? You said there'll be no logic in your stinging me. Then why did you do it? It has nothing to do with logic, the drowning scorpion sadly replied. It's just my character. So the moral of the story, be careful of whom you associate with. Oh, wow. It's true. It's like the scorpion's nature, even he, though he said, I won't sting you and there's no logic, we'll both die. Uh, he did it because it's his character. So it comes with acceptance. So I like that one. I thought it was it was a good wake up, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think it's just really interesting how you're using fables as one of your main, no pun intended, main mediums to translate the mission of fable in Maine overall. And you know, something that we talk about on this podcast, we're exploring slowing down, but particularly through the lens of telling stories and creating things in our digital age. And so kind of building on our discussion about fables, I always like to ask my guests about what this idea of slow content or storytelling means to them and what they're building. And so when you think about fables and brand storytelling and just general connection, how do you think pace affects our storytelling today? Depends how you look at it, right? Because if you're trying to bring ancient wisdom to a modern age with digital media, there's something quite modern in that because how can you take something that was derived orally through traditions or done, you know, in alone time into a medium which is constantly go 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 and there's just like so much content on our phones right now and it's hard to decipher or even take the time to like take it all in so definitely with fable and main and that's actually what inspired the birth of the brand was you don't need like 20 different shampoos you don't need so many products what people are trying to sell you take the time to slow down and rethink your shower like make it a ritual and how can we do that how can we inspire people in our busy days today to slow down now it kind of feels like the world with the external circumstancing is almost forcing us to slow down and stay at home but I feel the best way to accept that and like mindfully consume content is to just almost not interfere with your divine plan if that makes sense so just like your hair, like with Fable and Maine, we always say all hair is beautiful and like your hair has a natural growth to it and accept it and bring out the best of it. I think the same can be said about how we consume content and like slowing down because if we just go with the flow of life, like everything goes into order. Whereas once we start seeking things or once we start chasing or finding more content or like pushing out there and like going crazy, searching for new information and new sources, then like chaos starts to happen. So the way I look at it is just, it's the way you use it. So use social media. It's just, these are just tools and you can't let it control you. Otherwise, it's so easy to be overwhelmed, right? It's almost like creating rituals in terms of or even for our digital identities. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's a good point. Like, what is our digital identity? Is it really a reflection of who we really are? Because 
a lot of people say, and especially a lot of celebrities, like they say, okay, with social media and social, you know, responsibility in the sense of who, what you portray, because it can lead to a lot of self-esteem issues. So people need to be a bit more conscious of, is this, this is not real life, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I think too, there's a really beautiful sentiment on Fable and Main's website, which says, we are healthy when we are connected, yet the beauty industry has come so far from its roots, leaving us in a rat race to live longer, but not better. And I think that idea really encapsulates how I think about my work, and I'm sure how many other people are starting to consider what they're doing as well as we navigate this time of crisis. And, you know, just going back to Fable and Maine, the beauty industry is an interesting space because on the one hand, for a long time, it kind of promoted these very unrealistic or highly curated standards of what constitutes being beautiful. Whereas now we're kind of seeing the narrative change. And just given the storytelling driven roots of what Fable and Maine is doing, I'm curious what role you think beauty can play in driving more responsible stories around creating rituals and generally just being more sustainable in all areas of our lives. We have such an enormous responsibility to the planet and also to obviously our lives and what we put on it and not putting these toxic ingredients on our skin. But more than ever, like the beauty industry in terms of sustainability, I think it's after oil and fashion, like the amount of plastic we throw away and the amount of newness that has to be there because consumers always want, you know, trial and innovation and the next bit best thing. So brands are consistently innovating and providing new products, but it comes a time, and this is what I love in Eastern beauty rituals, where less is more and this idea of using something that's timeless and you don't need this big packaging for shelf presence. And it's more like I know in Japan, everything's refillable. They have pouches instead of, you know, you just buy your shampoo and that's something we're working with on Fable and Main and looking at recycled plastic or bioplastic alternatives because I think every brand has to be sustainable and it's not just about marketing because today what's happening in the world, the whole retail landscape has changed. People are buying online and consumers, you just need to be really transparent. So I feel that is the utmost priority and I feel we need to, to that comment of, you know, we're living longer, but we're not living better, is that we need to decide what beauty is. The whole definition of it has changed in the past decade from of a place of a certain look or feature to now being inclusive, to being diverse and a, a place from acceptance and contentment with what you have rather than me not being good enough. You know, and I think that's such an important point, um, especially from India. So I travel a lot to India and I see this. There is this uh, still this aspect of colorism that being fair is beautiful. Right. And you won't really ever see a dark skinned um, Indian woman on a billboard. It will always be this whole fair and lovely bleach your skin, even in, you know, actors and stuff that always be whitening their skin and changing their skin color. And also this Indian hair being long, thick, black and straight is beautiful. But what about, you know, if you're someone like me who has like 
really frizzy, curly, short, thin hair. Um, but I love that it's also I have a lot of it. It's accepting everyone's unique and that's what makes them beautiful. And that's what I love that I'm seeing coming from, especially from the US, about inclusion, diversity. And we have a long way to go, but we're definitely starting the narrative and that's going to lead the world into a more, I'd say, healthy place, which I'm really glad. I think a lot of positive change is happening. I hope so. And I think to your point, again, about living longer and better, it's also just about living more realistically too. And with that, there won't be this element of perfection that I think, you know, the digital landscape has obviously perpetuated for so long. But again, as we're seeing, 2020 is a year of total change. And so as we have more of these conversations, I always like to say that we're also presented with more opportunities to ask and pose important questions that we might not normally take the time to consider otherwise. Is there a particular question that you hope people start asking you more often as we continue to spearhead some of these important dialogues um, in beauty and beyond? Oh, I love that. You know, more than a question, I wish people would start speaking or having more conversations on their imperfections. And what are, what are you unlearning? You know, if somebody said, tell me about your inner journey and growth, and I don't feel enough of us speak about our vulnerabilities, our insecurities, uh, both men and women. And I feel, especially in the workplace, you know, being a female founder, it can be sometimes intimidating to some people. And I feel that all needs to change because just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to be hard or you know, unapproachable. I think femininity is power. It's beautiful. I think you can be playful, creative, and be have your boundaries and be strict at the same time. And I really believe in that because my dad, who I absolutely love and have so much respect for, and I worked with for around six years, he's in the fragrance industry. He's like a very traditional, I'm not sure what you'd say in the US, but like your typical not Wall Street, but like, you know, your executives, like very serious at work, very old school, general, traditional in the way he works. And it's a very male orientated um, board of directors and just generally company. And sometimes just watch him and, you know, he's very silent. He's super humble and really hardworking, but I'd watch him and I just think like, why so serious, you know? And he loves his work as I do. But why serious face or take it so seriously? Because work should be fun. It's just an extension of joy that you put into it, right? And it just reminds me of like Little Prince. It's my all-time favorite book. And I think they say in it, all grown-ups were once children, but only few of them remember it. So I really want to do, and my hope with Fable and Maine and with my, my brother as well, we strongly believe that we all need to rekindle that inner child and innocence, especially when we're, you know, much older, because that's why people love children, right? And playing with them because they bring out something that they've maybe forgotten along the way. I mean, I think that might be one of the most profound things that someone has said on this podcast, at least during this time, because as we grapple with all of these really hard things, reminding ourselves to sort of embrace that sense of play and that innocence that's been lost to the realities of being an adult now, I mean, it's, it's just a really lovely thing to hear. So thank you for saying that. Thank you.
And I think too, with everything that we're experiencing and the way that we tell stories and the way that we build build businesses and so on, the pace at which we're doing all of these things, it's changing. And this idea really lends itself well to one of the last questions that I like to ask to bring these conversations full circle. And so with that in mind, my last question for you is, why do you think slowing down our relationship to content will ultimately help us live, work, and feel better? And also to add on that, play better. Yeah, play better. I love it. Um, Slowing down our relationship to content will help us live better simply because we're present. And I feel once we are in that state of mind, you're not going to consume any information that doesn't serve your highest good. Like you're less likely to mindlessly gossip or eat toxic food or waste your energy. Ultimately, it comes from realizing that life is short and you never get this moment back. So if you really slow down and just take the time to appreciate every moment because you're not going to get it back, it's ironic, but slowing down gets you to live each day as if it's your last to the full. That was Nikita Mehta, co-founder of Fable in Maine. To learn more about Fable in Maine, visit their website at fableinmaine.com and also follow the brand and Nikita on social at Fable in Maine and at Nikki Mehta. We'll be sharing highlights from this episode on our own social platforms at Slow Stories Official on Instagram and at Slow Stories Pod on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in to Slow Stories.